Father, we thank you that you come among us and you speak to us. You pray with us. You hold us up when we are tired. You listen for us when we are stubborn. You invite us to your house of prayer. You invite us as human beings to form relationships. Continue to minister in us now as we listen to your word. We ask all this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning. I haven't exactly changed my watch, so I'm not very sure. It looks like afternoon or... uh, I was feeling a little bit wretched about my sloppy preparations for the weather, but I think I'm very glad that Peter said said to someone to tell me that you are gorgeous. It's just (laughs) great. And I think I'm beginning to feel uh, myself uh, once uh, again. In today's scriptures, we have two sharply contrasted communities the Israelites in the desert wilderness and the Colossians in a prosperous and secure valley. Both seem to be in need of prayer, but for completely different reasons as they are in very different circumstances. The Israelites, as we have heard, are being attacked by the Amalekites. I just can't get that right. I've been trying all morning. I must say I've been trying all week to get that. But I think I'm sure you understand what I'm referring to. This warlike tribe, which is hungry for battle, which is eager to destroy and to kill, doesn't care whether it's weak, injured, they don't take any prisoners. And I feel sorry for Moses, indeed. Because he has this group of people who are prone to complain. At the slightest hint of trouble, if they are hungry, they are going to complain. If they are thirsty, there is no water, they would rather go back into slavery. And he has to fight this battle-hardened tribe which does not take any prisoners. The other community that needs prayer is the community of the Colossians who seem to be doing what the Lord wants them to do. Who seem satisfied, who seem holy, who seem to be worshipping as they should be doing. But Paul says, as he writes to them, that I have not ceased to pray for you. Two extremes of the Christian life that we are given. 
two extremes of praying that we have been given. Two forms of praying for others that we can actually witness in this church. On one hand, we have our Moses. I think I must say our Keegan. Hands up in the air, seemingly forever. Isn't it wonderful that when those hands are weary and tired, we have friends among us who can hold us up in prayer. There's something also that is inspiring in the people who are praying. Paul and Moses who seem to have a murderous past. Yet God set them apart to pray for others. Isn't that inspiring? For me, even with my despicable past, with the experiences of depravity that I have lived, with the life of self-indulgence and selfishness that I have indulged, each one of us has been set by God to pray for others. It doesn't matter what the sexuality is. It doesn't matter what your gender is. It doesn't matter what your race is. Whatever your state of holiness or unholiness, how wretched you feel about yourself, God has made a special selection of you that you will pray for others. We have our attacking tribes in the communities. We have hostile tribes in the community. We have hostile people in the world. And it is important that we should be able to pray for others. And I've chosen to focus from today's scriptures on the Exodus reading because it is both disturbing and fascinating. It is a story of somebody praying for victory in a military encounter. It's not that I'm a warmonger or I just enjoy violence for its sake or I want to see people killed in battle or I just want to see us win wars and battles. I know, of course, that for most of you, for most of us, bringing God into stories of war is very uncomfortable. It is very disturbing, especially when we are coming towards Remembrance Day. When we know that there is a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of grieving, a lot of bleeding, hurting, a hemorrhaging nation because of the pain that is brought about with war. We probably have a friend, a relative, 
a connection who has been a victim of war. And we know that it is painful. And to bring God into that context might be disturbing. This week, the threat of war, even when we feel safe, has been kind of brought to us by the possibility of terror attacks by suicide bombers. So talking about war is difficult, especially when we want to use it to pray for others. When you come out of Cambridge, moving towards this, you pass the American cemetery. If you enter the small chapel that is in there, you may notice that in the ceiling are bombers painted into that ceiling, flying with angels. The knee-jerk reaction is such that, oh, there must be something wrong here. How can you connect God with destruction, with war? But I think if you reflect more deeply, it's such a humbling experience that in this time, when the whole world seems to be God-skeptical, when we have men and women of incredible courage, when we have machines that are so powerful that there is still need for the hand of God. The message that God is giving to us is not about war. It is about prayer. It is about that we need prayer in any condition. That we might be living faithfully and with the love of God, like the Colossians. Or we might be faced by the threat of war. We need prayer. We need to pray for others in whatever condition they are, in whatever state they are. <coughs> Praying for others is a difficult enterprise. It is exposing yourself to both your enemies and your friends. It is climbing on the hill and becoming vulnerable. It is raising up your hands in perpetual prayer. It is not merely mouthing and muttering the names and situations of people in uncomfortable situations. It means inhabiting their space. It means feeling with them. It means walking with them. It is energy sapping. It is an exhausting experience. It leaves you wasted if you sit down and think and pray for somebody. It is unrewarding in terms of the material world that we live in. Sometimes it is not acknowledged. 
when we pray for others, which is a necessity for us all Christians, which is a necessity for all people, to raise up our hearts in prayer for others. When Jesus was touched by the woman who had been bleeding for years, his strength was drained away from him. He felt his power going out of him. It is such an amazing experience of fellow feeling. It is such an amazing experience of what we should encounter when we take the decision to pray for somebody. It is not an idle enterprise. It is warlike. It is taking up arms. It is interesting that in the Exodus reading, it is not the soldiers who get tired. It is not the warriors who get tired. It is Moses who is up on the hill who gets tired through praying. Today, when you take the decision to pray for the victims of rape in conflict-ridden parts of the world, I want to invite you to inhabit their space. Let yourself experience the physical pain of forced sexual encounters and the psychological trauma of the violation of body and spirit. I want you to reflect that a young girl in the Congo might be raped today because a rebel leader or a rogue government official may want to gain control of the extraction of a mineral that will enable my mobile phone to vibrate. As you think about praying for others, as you think about this dangerous enterprise, reflect on the fact that a poor girl in Zimbabwe might get raped because an army official would like to gain control and access to diamonds that are being mined from places where poor people have been driven away without any respect to basic human rights. Diamonds that some of us will buy. That's becoming unknowing and unwilling funders of a war against innocent people. Today, when you pray for the victims of cholera in Haiti, I want you to inhabit their space and feel the death that comes through the emptying of bowels and feel the pain and see the challenge that you are taking up when you decide to pray for people when you pray for others. Yes, my brothers and sisters, we can only achieve the Colossian state 
by taking up arms, by turning this church into an army of prayer warriors. Today I want us, when we pray, to think of the innocent teenager in London, in Manchester, in Birmingham, who will become a victim of a knife or gun crime. I want us to experience the desperation and frustration of that family. Yeah, in our community, I want you to think of that individual who might be having a drug, a drink, or a habit addiction. Think of their desperation and their frustration. Move into their space because this is what it means to pray for others. Inhabit their shoes. Walk with them. Think of the broken-hearted and those in despair in our community when everything seems to be going on well for us. You will find that it is both energy-sapping and also life-giving. It is difficult, it is hard, but it is worth doing. In fact, it is imperative that we pray for others. I want us today to pray for renewal and re-energizing in this wonderful church where so many things are happening, where so many blessings are being poured by God. When Paul prayed for the Colossians, it was not because they were in trouble. It was not because they were surrounded by a tribe that was going to attack them. It was because they were good, but he wanted them to be better. Every situation, every human being, every item of creation is crying out for our prayer. If you engage in praying for others, you are going to be tired. You are going to be vulnerable. You are going to feel weak. You will need an arrow in the hair to hold up your arms, to hold you up. Within this church, you can join a group to make sure that when you pray and you become weary, You will have others to support you. Within the community, you can join a pressure group. You can petition your counselor. You can talk to your friends who might be connected to people who have influence about the things that you feel dear. My challenge for you this week is very simple. Identify a situation or an individual in the community. 
pray and reflect on it until you are weary, until you're tired, until you feel your energy has been sapped away, until you want to call for help, until you want to sit on a stone, until you feel you want two people to hold up your arms. The prayer that we offer can decide victory or defeat for Christians. The prayer that we offer can stop somebody killing themselves. The prayer that we can offer can bring harmony into the world. Against all odds, our prayers can change things. You are prayer warriors in whatever you do, in whatever action you take, because God has chosen you to pray and to feel for others. Amen.